Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to a special bonus 9320 podcast show, one with a special guest, as I am delighted to be joined by comedian, writer, presenter, podcaster, and more, and of course, Crystal Palace fan, Kevin Hunter Day. Uh, Kevin, thank you very much for popping on to have a chat. How are you doing? Uh, I'm all right, thank you. Um, thank you for using my middle name. Uh, I, I, People are calling me that because uh, it's my Twitter name, but I, I yes. couldn't I couldn't get Kevin Day on Twitter, so uh, I, I've kept the middle name quiet because growing up in South London in the in the seventies, having a middle name uh, Hunter wasn't necessarily a good idea. So <laughs> it's, it's that, you know, I'm not named after a gladiator, by the way. It was actually, it, it, was, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it was the doctor. I was I was a very difficult birth, and the doctor that delivered me was was Doctor Hunter. But uh, see. I just assumed you had a double barrel name, but would be in a. It was a London thing to take the hyphen out, so I didn't, no, I didn't realize I was calling you <laughs> your middle names. So. No, I know. I can edit it out if you want. No, no, not at all. It's just. It's. <laughs> it's just. Um. It's just. That's because my. It's. It is my Twitter handle because I couldn't. The, when I was doing Match of the Day two, which is my favourite ever job, the BBC made me go on to to Twitter, but there was already um uh, an at an at Kevin Day basically. So yeah. So I I just used that. Because uh, I didn't think I'd be on Twitter longer than I for that episode of Match Today too. Essentially, <laughs> <laughs> and now you're regretting uh, the yeah, Twitter yeah, handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's, I've got loads I want to talk to you about, and uh, I did promise you off air that I would keep this under twenty minutes. And I say that we have try and have an opposition fan on every week. Yeah, and I don't think I've kept that promise once. <laughs> yeah. But we're we're talking on late. Friday afternoon, you've said you've got a glass of wine next year. I've yeah. only got Vimto. So for different reasons, we both want to get on and, and crack into the weekend and uh, forget about work. So I will try my best, but can I start with your Palace journey and just ask you, uh, is it a family affair being a Palace fan? Uh, no, not really. My my dad, God rest his soul, became a Palace fan because I did, really. He wasn't particularly oh. interested in football. Um, and also, in terms of keeping this to 20 minutes, I do like the sound of my own voice, so it will be a brilliant one. Um, I'm happy uh, for it to be two hours. Just okay. to explain it out. No, I, I, it, it, it's a sort of family thing, but it's somebody else's family, if you see what I mean. Yeah. My, my very first day at primary school, I sat next to uh, a kid who was so much taller than me, I thought I'd been put in the wrong class. And I, was, I, st- I started crying, and he... Uh, consoled me in the way that five-year-olds do and that's the first and last time he's ever touched me even though we are still best mates wow now so but he he had um he had a palace jumper that his mum had knitted for him and he he had uh, four brothers all palace fans so it was his dad who took me to my first uh, palace game so I, I used to spend more time in his house than my own flat because he actually had a house we had a tiny flat but so yeah so it was through it was through him I, and i still uh, I shall be seeing him for the Brighton game next week. We st- we still go to games together. There's there's uh, there's about thirty of us. So, yeah, on, on a good day there'll be thirty of us in, in the pub, and on a bad day there'll mm. be twelve. There'll be twelve of us, but most of them are related to him, and most of them are people I've been going to games with since since sort of the, the mid seventies when we first started going to away games together as well. So so. I, I've been a Palace fan. For, I think I think my first game was 1972. There's some debate as to what our first game actually was, uh, but I, I think it was I, 1972. But it's um, so I'm a, I've, I've been in it for the long haul. Howard, let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm just amazed at people's memory. So my dad's a United fan, uh, mm. but an old school United fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go to City one week and United. Yeah, fans. yeah, yeah. 
And I don't know why I'm a City, a City fan, really. So he took me to Old Trafford, Main Road, and Gig Lane as well to see Barry. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, but I don't know why I, I chose City. So and p- people can remember stuff at age four and five. Just uh, I'm so I, jealous I, of that. I, to be I, honest, I, I don't actually remember. I mean, it's really interesting. When I was researching my first book, you have all these all these cherished memories of particular games. And then you talk to people and you find out that none of you have got the same memory. Yeah, mm. there's there's a particular trip, a way trip to to Reading we had, which has gone down in legend. But none of us have the same version of what actually what actually <laughs> happens. So I've I've always like like most like most, and I, I'm one of the people who come up to me and say, hey, "Remember that League Cup game in 1984?" No, I have no memory of of, of games or or yeah. When mm. people say and people say who was in that team, I, say, I I really genuinely don't remember the team of the 80s. I could have a stab at, but that's about it. But I I'd, I've always been. There's, there's always been an affinity between Palace fans and Man City fans because we kind of know if I, I know if I'd been born in Manchester, I wouldn't have supported United. I would have ended up supporting mm. the least successful team at the time. Basically, I but, think that's why I chose. Even at yeah, that age, well, also yeah. that, that, that Man City's kid is a yeah, yeah. And <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, I just like the colour blue. It, it's a it's a great blue as well. But also, there's a bit before the FA Cup final in 1990 that our last league game of the season was against. Uh, Man City uh, and Man City fans paraded around Sellers Park at half time with a banner saying "Good luck against the scum." So there's so there's always been a, a certain affinity between us and <laughs> and, and City fans, basically, hey, which will be broken to, to uh, about ten to five tomorrow. I will have no affinity whatsoever with City fans, is my guess. Or to the, but yeah, there you are. Yeah, we need any affinity we can get at the moment to be yeah. so a big bag of wolf, aren't we? Yeah. Well, I, I t- uh, my dad's like eighty or well, eighty three now, so I, th- I decided to. Uh, cross over enemy lines and take him to a United match. Uh, friends had spare tickets when they were playing yeah, yeah. Villarreal, I think it was, uh, oh, wow. under Emery, uh, in the Champions League last yeah, season. Yeah. And uh, it's like, right, I'm going to ask him now, what was my first match? I need to know. And I asked him and he went, no idea. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Absolutely yeah, yeah. no idea. Yeah, Probably yeah, yeah. around 1978 or something. Yeah. But I could make one up, I guess, but... It could be one of three grounds, yeah, so yeah. never mind. The first thing I remember is relegation in 83, clearly, so and that's, well, that set the tone very nicely for 20 it, years. So. It, it, it's character building. It's, it's always it odd. Is, my, yeah. my dad's favourite Palace manager was Malcolm Allison, even, yeah. though, he, even though he relegated us two seasons running. Um, wow. And again, of course, there's a City link there with Malcolm Allison, but it's... Um, mm. Uh, so yeah, most uh, this we're in our eleventh season in the Premier League now, although we're not acting like it. But so these are the good times. So most of my early days as a Palace fan, most of them were in either the third division or or the second division, or we were getting relegated from the Premier League. So these are heady times for us. This this mid-table mediocrity is the most we can aspire to at the moment. To be perfectly honest. Well, I'm afraid we are going to get onto that, but I won't spend too long on it. Just uh, quickly first, being in the public eye. Do you feel the need to be more reserved about your opinions on your football club? That's an interesting one. I did a one tweet now. about I, two weeks ago where I think you broke cover to say things I, have got I, to change. But I, because I, I, well, I'm normally I, I'm the trust. I'm a trustee of the Palace Foundation, and I know mm. I know people at the club. So I'm I'm normally quite circumspect about what I treat, and I'm normally I normally try to be positive, and I normally try to sort of keep people's chins up but there are there are times it, it it it's an interesting one i i do tend to think more about palace tweets than any other tweet to be perfectly because i i it, it's very interesting i i do a, a palace 
podcast as well, a five-year plan. We interviewed Roy Hodgson recently for our 500th, and it's the the palace. The times of the podcast hasn't worked is when we've had people like Steve Parrish on, mm. because you you don't honestly feel you can be open and honest to his face the way you are on the pod. So I, I, I I'm I'm certainly use more swear words when I'm just talking to friends than I do on there. Mm. So, but but that the 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 tweet I sent. I mean, after the, the Bournemouth game, it's just yeah, I had to get it off my chest somewhere. But I am. It's <laughs> it's it's, a, it's actually a very, it's a very good question, Howard. I've not been asked that before, but I am I am fairly circumspect, and, and it's not so much the public thing. It's just having connections with the club yeah. makes me slightly circumspect about. It's in in particular the the link to the the foundation as well means I'm kind of I kind of need to be careful because the club give us our offices rent free. Yeah, you know, and, and there are certain benefits in kind that I don't want to risk by annoying Steve Parrish. <laughs> I would not try and goad you into a, <laughs> a headline. I only asked that because of what we're about to talk to, which is the season. So I answer it yeah. as, as little or as much as you wish, basically. So uh, we'll get on to other stuff as well. But, you know, obviously you've had, uh, you don't have the the wealth of Middle East wealth and you've had some great time. So I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you should be moaning all the time, of course, but it is fair to say things are not going very well right now. <laughs> Your thoughts on the season so far? Uh, I, I mean, uh, I'd my, my, my biggest thought at the moment is I just want to get tomorrow out of the way to be perfectly right. honest, because we've all got, we're all slightly terrified about what will happen Tomorrow, there's a lot of Palace fans going, well, you know, they, they didn't play particularly well at Luton. And it's like, yeah, we're, we're not even Luton at the moment. It's, um, I think, I think the feeling of most Palace fans is that Roy Hodgson did a brilliant job keeping us up last season. Mm. But perhaps it would have been better if somebody else was offered the job this season. It's, it's, the home form is the big problem. We've won, we've won four home games in 13 months. The last 13 months, we won four home games. Three of those were in April. Um, I, I paid quite a lot of money for a season ticket. And then to hear Roy Hodgson say after the Bournemouth game, Palace fans shouldn't expect to turn up at Sellers Park uh, to, uh, to see goals mm. and the easy points. But I, I, I sort of sometimes do turn up at Sellers Park, having paid I mean, that amount of money. It's been a tough place to go. I mean, I'm sorry, well, that's well, a cliche, it, but it, it is. It, it, it sort of has. But it, it, Fortress well, Sellers it has been, be. a, it's been, it's a tough place for us to go, as fans, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. It's, 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 it's a while, it's a while since it's been Fortress Sellers, to be perfectly honest. And, yeah. and of course, the fact that Bournemouth went on to beat Man United so comfortably, again, that was, you know, Hodgson yeah, had to mention that, but he's, um, was that part of his comments about you being spoilt? Where he said we were spoiled, we've been, uh, yeah, yeah we, we, we've had good times at Sellers Park, and none of us can particularly remember. We've had the odd good result, but we've had no, it's been a long time since we were consistently difficult to beat there. And, and, and what I think what happened over the summer is that there's no doubt, like in April, when he came back, we we won those three games at home. We played some good football. We really did play some good mm. football. We went up to Leeds and scored five at Leeds. We we beat Southampton away. We played them off the pitch. We scored four against West Ham. But it's almost so, as though Roy's, Roy Hodgson's wife said to him over the summer, look, you, you've got yourself overexcited there, Roy. <laughs> you, you, you need to reel yourself in a bit because we're just... We're just not fun to watch, to be perfectly honest. And, and you don't mind in the old days under under managers like Pulis and Allardyce, and in and in Roy's first two seasons when Roy kept us up, we weren't fun to watch, but it was effective. So you understood that. 
you understood that we would only have the ball for, for 25, 30% of the game. We, Keith Millen, Palace's assistant manager, did our pod during that period. And we, we'd beaten Aston Villa 1-0. Uh, and it, we'd, we'd got out of the bottom three. And, and I said to Keith Millen, oh, wow, imagine that. We had 33% possession in that game. And he said, yeah, we did. But Pulis went mad afterwards. He said, because he, he just said, you're not, you're not good enough to keep the ball for that long, basically. So it's not, <laughs> but you, you, you don't mind because you won the game. And, but it's, it's when we're playing that sort of football uh, and we're not winning that you get a bit. And Roy just seems, he just seems disillusioned with football. When we interviewed him a couple mm. of weeks ago, we interviewed him for our pods and he was fascinated. Yeah. But it, what was interesting, because I was amazed that he agreed to do the interview on our podcast. Yeah. But the list of things we were told by his people that we couldn't talk about, and it was mainly we can't talk about Liverpool, can't talk about England, can't talk about the current Palace team, we can't talk about the squad, we can't talk about injuries. So it it, it kind of limited us. But the it, 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 <laughs> Switzerland, essentially. But it, what it what it meant, it, it, it was very interesting because it was an hour and a half interview, but it freed him up to talk about his history in football. Mm. And what, what came through quite clearly, and this is what he said, he used the exact same words after the Liverpool game, was that football had had almost left him behind, like, that he didn't recognise the game anymore, not not just in things like VAR, referees, time-wasting, but just in things like, because he said there are certain tactical things that he, he feels he can't try anymore because he'll be slaughtered by the press and by and by fans. You know, mm. and we talked about playing four four two, we talked about playing you know, he, he hates goalkeepers playing out from the back, unless it's Man City or Arsenal, because he says most teams we're not good enough to play out from the back because good teams just press us higher up the pitch. You, you you just get the feeling that he's not he's not enjoying himself, to be perfectly honest. And I, I think for all our sakes it would be better if yeah. If he went now, if he goes without blessing, which will, you know, that would have been the perfect moment for him to go. And I hate ageism in all sorts of forms because I'm getting old myself and I'm in an industry where youth is applauded and age isn't. So I hate to be ageist, but he's, he's 76. It's a difficult mm. job to do for a man who's 76, even though he's clearly fit and well and clever and intelligent. But there's just a lack of tactical flexibility there. Just as, the Liverpool game's a classic example. We didn't play badly against Liverpool. I thought you did really well. But, but you said, again, but we people said that about us as though we were a Championship team playing Liverpool in the FA Cup. We're a Premier League team playing at home. No, I, I honestly but, just thought. I, I know, we but played. we should. But we thought <laughs> we, we thought we played all right. But we should still have been able to see that game through. Mm. The, the fact that we had Jordan Ayew sent off. Shouldn't it? It's shouldn't, not an excuse. It's not, yeah. it's not an excuse. It's a reason, but it's it's not an excuse. We should have been able to manage the rest of that game with 10 men. But the trouble is, Roy's teams are so regimented that everyone knows their job so well that when someone's taken out of that, it, it all goes to pot. It all, plan, a, plan A is to hope that plan A works because after that, there is no plan B or plan C, essentially. There's, we don't adapt. He doesn't use subs very well. We don't... Yeah, I was looking when Villa were one nil down to, to Tottenham a couple of weeks ago at, at, at White Hart Lane, which I still insist on calling it. Emery made two substitutions, changed the tactics a bit, and Tottenham won the game. We can't mm. do that partly because we've got a, a manager who's tactically inflexible, and also because we've got, for want of a better word, a piss poor squad. And it's not that the, the squad issue is the result of five years of underinvestment and not particularly good scouting, but that's not. Roy's fault, although he was manager for four of those years. Yeah, the, the squad is not his fault, but the, our squad simply—it's 
it's so galling as we hate Brighton so much, but we look at what Brighton's doing, we look at what Brentford are doing, we look at what Fulham are doing. They, they seem to have a plan, whereas we seem to start each season in the Premier League as though we've just been promoted. We just seem to lurch from from crisis to crisis with no sense of what's going to happen happen next. Uh, uh, you know, we, we bring play. You know, we, we bought in this. We spent fifty million quid on this kid called Francis from uh, from Brazil. And Roy Hodgson said publicly he didn't want him. He said he's not the sort of player I want. So there's like there's there's a disconnect at the club somewhere. Yeah. We're we're drifting, we're drifting at the moment. And and I don't think we'll we'll get relegated. I think we're we're I'm not going to say we're too good. I think we'll probably finish twelfth before we always do. But there's a danger that if you if you always swell if you swell around the plug hole every season, eventually you're going to go down. The thing is, that all all I want is a season where in December I'm not already looking over my shoulder. All I want is yeah. a season where we win games at home. We give teams like City a, a game away. You know, you, you don't expect to beat Liverpool, and Man City every time, but you expect to, to 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 make an impression. You expect to play a bit of football. You know, Brighton go to to your place and will play the football they play at home. We won't do that. Yeah. All you want is to look like a grown-up team. Sometimes, so I can't remember what the question was now. Howard, I just got, I just came uh, really cross. <laughs> I think it was. Have you had a nice day? I'm not sure to be honest. Yeah, it's like, yeah great. Yeah, it's been lovely. <laughs> Christmas is coming. It's all good out. Don't <laughs> <laughs> You've got into Grinch mode. All <laughs> no, I love Christmas. I love. I love Christmas. Always love Christmas. I'm, just, I'm, just <laughs> so, I'm, I'm annoyed we're not playing on Boxing Day because of bloody. Animals. Well, no, uh, yeah, City uh, aren't either. So, no, no, no. Uh, or no. New Year's Day or anything. Yeah. I'm happy with New Year's Day because I think I need to nurse my body. Same here, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Boxing Day, it, that is annoying as well. We're playing Everton on the evening of the 27th, yeah. I think. But well, I, I'm I think, going off to Saudi Arabia next week, so yeah, it makes sense anymore, does it? I, so. My favourite, uh, it's what my wife, because my wife refers to it as, yeah, I, I refer to it as my happy place, the Portland Arms. My wife refers to it as the place where you talk the same bollocks to the same people at the same table in the same corners you have done for thirty years, basically. But do, I love that it's a it's a proper mm. Palace pub. Do you talk uh, about I, Palace though on a match day? Because oh yeah, yeah, it's the same with me. There's a pub, and there's a, I know about thirty uh, people at least, and I know I, them I, through City. So if I hadn't been a well, City supporter, I would never met well, any it, of these people. But we well, never it, actually talk about City that much. We'll talk well, nonsense. We go to the match, then we go back to the pub and talk nonsense. Again. It's because it's because you've got nothing to complain about. But it's like no, I don't. Uh, I don't. I, I know. We keep it separate in a way. Yeah. But well, we it's, it's it's strange. We dissect everything actually, it, even it, though yeah, we go yeah. to the match. Yeah. Well, it, it's I get. I, I love it on Boxing Day because I know I know everyone in there by either by name or by face or whatever. But there's always in the back bar where we drink. I know I've known everyone who drinks in there for a long, long time, and but also my mates in particular. But these days, I'm getting slightly because everyone's encouraged. To, men are encouraged to talk about other stuff, and I'm not. I'm ha- I'm happy for that normally, but you know the landlord of our pub has put one of those signs up saying it's it's okay not to be okay. Try it so. I just want to sit there talking bollocks, basically. But people yeah. just keep coming up to say everything all right. So yeah, it's fine. Well, well, I don't want to talk about my emotions. It's two hours before kickoff. Thank you very much. And <laughs> and also, even worse, because I do this football finance podcast, people keep coming up to me and asking me questions about amortization. I can't answer. Oh, so well, it's, but it's, but this it's, is um, awkward. I got four for you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I miss boxing days because I think I think boxing the home matches on Boxing Day. I, I just think, you know, because everyone's home for Christmas, so there's more people mm. there. And I really, because of the whim of some 
amateur fucking broadcaster who's not really interested in football anyway. I haven't got a Boxing Day game to go to. And it's like that really, it really annoys me. But you're, that's an interesting question, actually, because I think we do, we probably, we, we get discussions of the last game off our chest. And then f- for the most part, actually, we probably do talk nonsense. You know yeah. You're actually right that you know, when City City do mess up at home, and that is when I'm more, more likely to start talking about yeah. match afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, if it's a regulation win, then there's not a lot to talk about. Or even if we yeah. beat Liverpool or something, you're happy and going to pub, but we'll still just talk about nonsense. Well, you, are, <laughs> you, you won't. Getting, you snacks won't. In. getting the snacks yeah. in is more important yeah. than discussing yeah. that. So. You, you, you won't be talking about football till after tomorrow's game then, really, because it'll be, it'll be the regulation win. <laughs> With your record? Oh, I remember what the last question was now, 10 minutes ago, yeah. I, I think just to follow up on Hodgson, because I, I know you don't want to really spend 20 minutes talking about it. Do you think the club themselves parish and at all will get rid of him mid-season i I, my instinct howard to be honest is 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 yes and i know we've had terrible injuries but again if plan b is to get through the season without injuries plan b needs changing as well as plan a it's Hmm. steve steve parish has got a very good record of changing managers mid-season which hides the fact that that therefore means that his record of choosing managers in the first place isn't brilliant, but it does tend to work for him. <laughs> and yeah. I think I think the, the way the fans turned after the Bournemouth game, as I've never seen Palace fans as angry as they were after the Bournemouth game. Bournemouth played us off the pitch, and we we didn't we didn't break. So I I think it's down to tomorrow's result is immaterial. It's we, we've got Brighton on Thursday night. I think it's down to that. I think. I don't expect us to beat Brighton, but I think if there's a performance as lacklustre as it was against Bournemouth, I think Roy probably will go. And I think what's really interesting is that you know the the the, the rumours are swirling around uh, Cooper Forest and around Lepetta guy as well. Uh, the the only difficulty is our ownership. You know we've got four owners and the, mm. the, 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 yeah. they don't get on. To be honest, um, and well, you know, John, well, it is. Well, John Texter said publicly in an interview in the Athletic recently. Texter said his biggest regret was not buying the whole club because he owns forty percent of it. But the man who owns ten percent is 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 uh, running. So Steve Parrish makes all the decisions, but the big decisions have to be referred to the Americans. Harrison Blitz are, are trying to sell their share, but no one wants to buy forty percent of, of a Premier League club. So there's a real, again, there's a real disconnect at the top. But yeah. I, I, I suspect my, but that my instinct to recruitment, doesn't it? And everything. It, it, it links it to everything. We're kind yeah. of stuck at the moment. We can't move forward because hmm. uh, our owners can't agree on what the model for moving forward is, and they all seem a bit bemused about the fact that the man who owes less shares than anyone is the man who is running the club. My instinct is that Hodgson won't be our manager by the time we play Everton in the FA Cup. I I feel, and I think it's yeah, we we've got two home games coming up after City. Um, mm. Yeah, don't start me on the, the broadcast. I, I won't start you off on another run. No, so. no, but we've got we've got two home games after City, um, Brighton and Brentford. I, I think anything less than four points out of those two games, uh, I think I think Hodgson will be. I think what will happen. I don't think he'll be sacked. Yeah. I'm, I'm expecting Roy to announce that he's, he's yeah he, he's had enough of football now and he wants to spend more time with his with his family. But I I I, I think it's 
less than 50-50 that he'll be our manager. I, and I think, I th- and I think that it's because of those comments after the Bournemouth game. I think mm. it's, it's the fans, Palace fans in general, are a very forgiving bunch. I mean, any other set of fans would have had Christian Benteke out of the club season ago, but we re- we realised what Benteke was up against, and, and yeah. he never gave anything less than one hundred percent. So we continue Not to still love there, him. Is he? No, no, he's he's moved on. But the Palace fans, Palace fans are really, really forgiving. We're really loyal, but it, it's it's a long way back for Roy from that from, from those comments after the Bournemouth game. Having said that, if we in the unlikely event that we beat Brighton four 0 then his job probably is safe for quite some time. Hmm. You just wonder who's going to come to us as well, because the problem yeah. is, because Parrish is, you know, there are Palace fans going, well, let's get Graham Potter. And they said, why would Graham Potter come to Palace? Why would anyone of any decency come to a club where they will be sacked after four defeats? You know, I don't want Hodgson to be sacked. I really don't. But my instinct is that he... It As I say, it, it, it will be best for all concerned, Howard. It's a very, I, good, it's a very I mean, good way of putting it. Yeah, I've, I've lost the injury list, but... Well, let's for tomorrow. Ayu is suspended because yeah, yeah. The, the only time I've heard you break cover as well on the price of football, which we'll get to, I think yeah. it was this week <laughs> on the uh, the refereeing performance in the intro. You uh, oh, mate, let a little uh, bit off your chest there. I, Absolute I, I, nonsense. I, I, but I, I don't want to. You, you, you want to keep this as short as possible. This no, I don't. So. I was doing it for you. I'd oh, right, okay. Well, I. If I you want well, to keep it short, then it's... No, yeah, I, I, I probably do need to keep it to 45 minutes. We've had 25 already. Um, I, I don't like VAR. I don't think it's right no. for football. I don't think it's been introduced properly. Uh, I think inevitably this, there's already talk of uh, it being used for corners and free kicks next year. So oh. it, it, in two or three years' time, the games will be NFL length. Um, and, all, and all these people say, well, again, I hate this thing about time wasting. I don't remember ever sitting at Sellers Park and going, do you know what? We're not getting value for money. You know, the ball's only in play for an average of 56 minutes. Mm. Doesn't It's never bothered me at all. I don't still want to be at Sellers Park at quarter past five, to be perfectly honest. 90 minutes of what we get is, is enough. But the referee, I mean, the, the facts speak for themselves. Both teams committed 17 fouls at Sellers Park. on, And I was at the game and I was surprised it was that many. Both teams committed 17 fouls. We had seven yellows and a red, and Liverpool had two yellows, and both of those were after the ninety-second minute. Mm. That's that's not a game that's being refereed equally. Uh, and of course, you expect referees who are refereeing City, United, Liverpool. You know, you've probably got to work a little bit harder to get decisions. You accept that. That goes with the with the territory. But when you look at those figures, and when you look at, and there's always a Palace fan as well. There's two fouls by Canate. Canate should have been on a bit. Van Dyke, he might as well have given Van Dyke the whistle because essentially Van Dyke refereed that game, and it's just, and it, and the, the fact is, what's annoying is that people like Klopp spend so much time putting pressure on the same of Arteta. They put so much pressure on referees. In the end, I, I'm fairly convinced, and, and Graham Pohl, and I'm not proud of this, but Graham Pohl's a friend of mine. He'll say the same thing. I'm fairly convinced that, that referee on Saturday will look at the bench and he think, who's going to give me a harder time after the game, Roy Hodgson or, or Jurgen Klopp? Yeah. So he gives decisions out. It was, it's just infuriating. It's just... Uh, in a way, who has the most fans of the bigger profile as well? Because yeah. you're not you're not going to get a back pay. If Crystal Palace get a terrible decision, it'll never be on the back pay. Uh, of, course, of course it won't. And yeah. You know, and and I, I think I'm on the side of referees. I, I think the biggest mistake that PGMOL made was allowing uh, Martin Atkinson, Mike Reed, and John Moss all to retire at the same time. 
mm. because we've now got a, a lot of referees with no Premier League experience. And, he, and Roy Hodgson said when we, when we interviewed him on our on our podcast, he said, "Of course, I want referees to get Premier League experience, but not in Palace games. I'd rather, I'd rather they've got the experience somewhere else and then came to us when they had three years of Premier League experience." But it's you know you 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 just have to deal with it. But when you see stats like that, it's just it's just nonsense. And there's a re- I mean Darren England, the referee Darren England. Uh, I mean Mark Clappenberg had the deeds to see in Mark Clappenberg's autobiography. He admitted that there was that there was one club whose fans were right to hate him. He admitted that the worst decision he ever made was in the 2016 FA Cup final. And we've got a new Mark Clattenburg now in Darren England. It's like when Darren England referees our games. We all look at each other and go, there's no point. We can't win this game, essentially. And then, you know, we it, everyone likes to call it the best league in, in world football. We're certainly broadcasting through. We haven't got the best referees in world football. And I oh. say that with, with the ups. I mean, respect, just Mr. Look, at those, look at the two yellow cards to say a, pl- a football player got sent off for those two things. And you're just like, ah, something's, okay. not, something's not right here, is yeah. it? Well, also, the other thing, the idea of, you know, your game against Spurs with with Haaland at the end. Mm. Yeah, people are talking about sin bins. What's the point of sending Haaland to a sin bin with thirty seconds to go? And also referees, this this idea about descent, it's, it's not rugby. I hate the idea in rugby. I hate rugby full stop. But this idea in rugby that they have to call the referees sir just moments after <laughs> just moments after they, know, football, yeah. I know, but it's just but just moments after they, they rugby fans go, Yeah, we call the referee sir. Yeah, but then you're in the scrum trying to knock each other out. Trying to hurt each other, gouging the eye you know, out. So yeah, but it's all right because you call the referee. So I hate that kind of level of smiling. But you know, the referees have got a, a way of dealing with with dissent already, and, and it's yellow cards. It's as simple mm. as that. If, if most football fans were looking at that Harland thing, and, and it, it, you kind of laugh at it because he was so angry, but you just think, show, show me a yellow card, ref. And then if he still kicked out, and then you show him a red card. It's because that's what have happened if it was a Palace player. So uh, uh, yeah, I I think Simbins could work, but for dissent. But you're right at that stage of the game. What does it matter? But well, only because I don't think referees are prepared, or that's a brave is the wrong word. Anyway, I don't think they'll just give out. I don't think they give out yellow cards enough for dissent. You can stop dissent, but the, the, it, the, the, it'll the, be carnage for a bit. But you uh, can stop. Uh, uh, of course you can. But the, the trouble is, and this is why Simbins I don't think will work. And it's the same with I say refs should give out yellow cards. The fact is, each referee will have a different level of you know, of, of, of tolerance to dissent. Some mm. referees, some referees don't mind being sworn at. Some referees don't like. It. Some referees have got thicker skins than others. So, you know, you, much as I said, I, I miss the experienced referees. You, you, you know that Mike Dean, for example, he will tap it. Anyone looks at him in the wrong direction, he will give them a yellow card for dissent. Whereas other referees won't. So, also, I don't like the idea of copying any ideas from rugby. To be perfectly honest, so. We've gone off the point a little bit, Howard. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have Chris, a uh, colleague on this podcast, yeah. as a referee, uh, and they have sin bins at the lower level. They you? do, yeah, which, which apparently you're working well. Yeah, yeah, so I understand. Well, that's the point yeah. of trials, isn't it? You trial yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about the match much then because you've got everything off your chest anyway. I wasn't going <laughs> to get the injury. So I was out. Yeah. Edward's out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eze is out. You're down yeah. to your third goalkeeper now, I assume. Blessing, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who am I missing on other injuries? Uh, there's some doubt about both centre-backs. Both uh, centre-backs? But we'll, we'll be in terrible... Well, that's the rumour. We'll be, we'll be... They are our two best players. Um, Which two? Are the doubts over, sorry? Anderson and um, Gate. 
So wow, I hadn't even heard about that on my list. Well, well, well I, I mean, in that, that's a good signing because I'm hoping that's um, Elise's missing. Well, he was on the bench last night, so he maybe he was. The yeah, he could so, be fit. Yeah. So uh, as as check Decore is out. Yeah, Decore is out for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, basically. So that leaves us with Lerma uh, in the centre. Is this bad luck or? Is this something you think is just not work, not being done around the training ground as well? The the latter, right. unfortunately. We we're at one stage um, two months ago when we played Wolves, I think we had six players out. All of them were hamstring injuries, and all of them were uh, done in training. Hmm. Um, so we there's a lot of emphasis on Palace training on actual physical fitness, which of course you understand, but. I, th- I think if Roy had his way, he'd have them running up and down the terraces. He, he would take the seats <laughs> out specifically so they could run up and down the terraces like they did yeah. in the old days. So it's, it, 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 yeah, we have had injuries. Like I said, but yeah, Newcastle had injuries and they still beat Man United 1 0. You need you a better still sport. Beat Man United. Yeah. Was that not your last win? That uh, it was their last win, yes. So yeah. we, we st- you know, the fact is we need a better squad it's as simple as that you know we you're not going to get through this we we have been you know really unlucky and the Eze and Elise being out for so long yeah was a terrible miss AU is a really big miss for us because he's the best two million pound we ever spent AU is I've, I don't think there's a better player in the Premier League at winning free kicks and yeah. and taking and taking the pressure off us he's just yeah. I I want to see I want it's to see art, us is it not it's yeah. it is I want, I want to Barry see used to be brilliant at it for there, uh, back in the day yeah. uh, uh, you know people talk about um a lot of people say Eze goes down too easily Grealish it, yeah. it's 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 Ayu who goes down easily but he gets away with it because because Ayu is so because he's he's big and and physical I think referees think well he won't have gone down unless he got unless he got hit, but he, he's, I want to see us do with, with Ayo what um, Eddie Howe did with Joe Linton. I, Cause I think Ayo would do a really good job in the center of mm. midfield. Cause he's one of the few players we have who wants the ball. Who's not scared of getting the ball in any, in any situation. Cause in, in, you know, Chris Richards, who's a very good center back, you know, he played for Bayern Munich is the, the USA's first choice center back. He's clearly good. We played him in midfield against Bournemouth and he was terrified. He just didn't want the ball, you know, mm. and, and, and that shouldn't happen for any player in the Premier League. Ayu is brilliant. You give Ayu the ball in any tight situation, he he will get you a free kick, or he'll he'll hold the ball long enough for people to catch up and play. So he's going to be a, he's going to be a big miss for us tomorrow because he's one of the few physically strong. That, I mean, that's the annoying thing about those seven yellow cards last week. We're not we're annoyingly not physical sometimes mm. because we're a club that's always been physical in the past. We always have been. We've always played with. With wide men, with with speed on the on the wings, and we've always been physical. We've always had players like Milo Jedinak and, and Milivojevic who put it about. And we we just haven't got that anymore in 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 midfield. Even our two centre backs are accomplished football playing centre backs, which is which is great to an extent. But every now and again, you just want them to lump it because that's that's what it so, takes every now and again, you know. So how's Hodgson going to set up? Just deep, deep blocks, sit deep and. When he does that, he, he he did that at home against Bournemouth. So I'm fairly certain he'll do yes. it away against Man City. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where already you go, yeah. The Evening Standard down here, London paper, as a as a you know, score prediction thing, they they went for three 0 for Man City, and most Palace fans looked at that and went, I will take that now happily, happily. Tower. I know we've had a couple of good results up there. We had when Andros scored, 
what was the should have been the goal of the season, but it somehow went to Vincent Company for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. So we we have had we, we have had the odds the odd shock result up there. I and mean, then two years ago as well we beat you up there. But I I no, I can't no, yeah. I can't see I can't see Roy doing anything other than I, I, see the Edward thing as well is I don't know who who we're gonna play up front because we haven't mm. got it'll be Mateta, presumably. And Mateta's a big old fashioned centre forward, but we haven't got any nippy fast old fashioned wingers to put the ball on his And Mateta's not the sort of player will hold the ball up. So I, I think I think the possession figures tomorrow are going to be yeah. it's as as a mate of mine said, it's one of those games where you kinda of hope City declare. You kinda of hope that Well, we're very good at going two up and then just game managing well, that'd be, to that'd to be, Saudi Arabia. So Well see again, that's our only hope it our other big hope was that you had a Champions League game next week that you had to win. Yeah. And then, then, but you know, so we've got Urawa Diamonds in Saudi Arabia on it's, Tuesday. It's, it's a big a sentence big... I'd never thought I'd ever <laughs> utter, but it that's where we are right it's a, now. It's so. a, it's a, it's a big. Well, it's a, that's the trouble with clubs of city stature. That's a, that's only going to get worse. You're you're only going to be yeah. you're going to be playing more and more games. And I, I thought it was interesting. I thought one of my favourite moments of, of the football season was after you won the the, the Champions League. And, and and I don't think to be to be honest, I don't think many football fans begrudge City winning the Champions League. They, you know, mm. Most most football fans see beyond your your recent. Yeah, you, know, you lucked in. Of course, you did with the new yeah, owners. Of but, you most, did, yeah. but, but most most football fans, certainly in my generation, know what Man City fans went through in in previous seasons. So no one begrudged it. But afterwards when uh, Guardiola when the first thing he said was when he came to talk to the cameras was fucking hell which was great but also when he talked he said straight away he said we've got to play fewer games this is, it's killing us it's killing us and then cut to you playing meaningless tournaments in the middle of but that's that's only getting you know, bigger that tournament the, the, it's the, a multi-club the, thing in the, 2025 yeah. the, the FIFA World Club it's going to be huge and it's going yeah. to be it will take as long as the the um, Afcon does so. You're going to be missing a lot. I'm going to be really interested to see how that's managed because it's it's going to, you know, they're talking about it being in July, but I don't think they could do that because of the nature of some of the yeah. teams you've got. Group stage uh, Champions League is eight games uh, yeah. next season. Yeah, and yeah, of course. We, you won't know because you, I doubt you watched every minute of our last four games last season. City crawled over that line, yeah, big time. Yeah, um, yeah you yeah, could yeah. see them running out of steam, just like just win, you know, just get the results, and they were done. And yeah. there's still a lot of other players that other teams doing. You know, you talk about hamstrings; they're absolutely off the scale. The injuries this season, yeah, it's strange, still a lag uh, from the World Cup, I think. So. Yeah, or maybe that, maybe that is the reason, but it it, it it's 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 astonishing how many and, and con- considering these are days of not Sellers Park obviously but these are days of of, of sports science and hundred you know twenty four hour a mm. day monitoring of players' fitness and health it is amazing how many especially at clubs with big squads like you who, who can you know that's the oh, thing that's with don't know. get me started on that we do not oh, okay. have a big squad we have a very oh, well, expensive squad but oh okay that's a different likes to use small squads yeah yeah well, okay yeah but when, when yeah they're all I know I'm not, when the squad I'm not is as good as yours to hit, <laughs> well it's not when the, when, the, when the squad is as good as yours then yeah 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 but yeah. no he doesn't like bloated squads and uh, it will actually yeah, small yeah. in size, but obviously large in cost and yeah, value yeah. and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, two different it. things, but yeah, yeah it's uh, 
you can see the fatigue everywhere. Well, I'm reading between the lines here that you're not very optimistic about the match, so I won't ask you for a score prediction. If, if uh, I never, I never, I never give them because I, I always okay. think I'm, I'm tempting fate. But I, yeah, I wasn't optimistic turning up at Sellers Park to play well, Bournemouth, so I'm not going to yeah. say I'm optimistic about. It's it's one of those games. Uh, you're old enough probably to remember these games. It's one of those games you just want to get out of the way. Same with the Brighton game. Yeah. I just I just want to be on the other side of the Brighton game and take whatever yeah. whatever comes. I mean, especially, yeah, especially as United, I'm working on a daily basis with fucking Brighton fans. You know, it could be in the National League North and I'd still hate Derby Day. So. Yeah, yeah, fair point. <laughs> so, yeah, I always want to get them out of the way. And, and yeah, they've been quite kind to me in the last yeah. Anyway, all right, enough about that. I don't want to sound like a sycophant here, but let's chat about my favourite podcast, The Price of Football. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not even, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not exaggerating. I absolutely love it. So it's one of the first I look at, look for on my apps uh, when they come out. A Brighton and Palace fan doing a podcast. What could possibly go wrong? So how did it all come about? Is it 2019 you started it? Yeah, it is. It's. Um... So I'll just say, by the way, those don't know, uh, you did it with Kieran Maguire, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. who's based, well, well spent... The man he, of spreadsheets and amortisation. He, he, he lives in, uh, back in Sussex now, he's a Brighton fan, he lives back in Sussex, but he lived in Manchester for 30 odd years, so yeah. it's a city he loves very much, and he works in Liverpool, so he loves both cities. It, it, it came out of the blue, I'd never met Kieran before, but it came out of the blue, and this guy, producer guy, uh, who've worked for Five Live at the time. He was their business editor. Um, phoned me out of the blue because um, he'd got my number from Five Live days and, and said that he'd had this idea for a football finance podcast. And I said, well, you know, good luck with that. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> uh, and he said, well, I'd like you to, to host it. And I said, no, I've got, I know nothing about either football finance. My own finances are a chaotic mess. Uh, and he said, "Yeah, I've heard you talk about that. So I thought that's why it might be an idea for you to do it." But then he used he, he used. Well, yeah, he, I'd be the best host ever if that's important. <laughs> but he, he used he used two words that, with hindsight, should have put me on my guard. He said, "I I, I know this groovy accountant, um, <laughs> which I, I should have been wearing." But so he put me in touch. So I said, "All right, we'll do it." We, and Kieran and I both agreed to do it for four weeks. It was only at the end of that four weeks that Kieran revealed he was a Brighton fan because I am childish enough. I would yeah. have, I would have not done it. I would have said refused, no. I'm not. Yeah. I would have. I, I, Kieran doesn't believe. I, I, if I have, if I have to go to Brighton for work reasons or, you know, if my wife answers that, I won't go into a pub in Brighton. I won't buy chips from a chip shop in case the owner of the pub or the chip shop is a Brighton fan. I'm not going to take that risk. So, I, I, I it's, a, it's, it's a strange. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a, it's a strange rivalry, but it's our own. But. It, and I it's, assume it's, you refuse to any of their sponsors no, 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 no. buy anything from. Absolutely no, don't, don't even. I still um, can't buy a sharp product. It's, well, one of the only reasons I like Seven Seven Seven, who are taking over Everton. Well, I, I hope they don't for the sake of Everton. But the Seven 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 as a company haven't paid their American Express bill for three months, which I approve of because anything <laughs> anything that takes money out of Brian's pocket is, is fine by me. Sticking but, it to the man, yeah. It, it, but it, it's really odd because Kieran and I, I love I love Kieran to bits uh, and I love doing mm. the pod, but we're both doing a pod that we wish didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a pod. Bleak at times. <laughs> the things you have to- Mate, it can be. We, we grasp with both hands. Any story that's positive about you know, fans doing stuff for the community or mm. clubs doing stuff for the community. We grasp with both hands. And 
and and the worst thing is like the Reading situation for it. And and the reason I think we became so popular so quickly is because we were the first people. Our first big story was the demise of Berry. You mentioned yeah. earlier, which which a lot of people in football should be ashamed of. Their, the EFL standing back and allowing that to happen was was sick. The fact that the the fact that you know Bill Kenwright offered God rest his soul, Bill Kenwright offered Berry a million quid to save them, and the EFL said that would be a, um, uh, a conflict of interest because yeah. he, uh-huh. he was the owner of Everton. It's like no one – but we were the first people to, to draw it to the attention of the wider public, and I think people picked up on our our righteous anger about it. And I think people picked up as well on our – both Kieran and I have this very old-fashioned, almost romantic notion of where a club sits at the heart of a community and it's like I'm, yeah I've got mates who are Man United fans who quite rightly when we did we did a live show at the um, the Lowry in Salford Key recently couple of months yeah yeah which was great it was brilliant what a night but and but quite rightly you know people didn't have to point out to us because we wouldn't have done it but quite rightly said you know most Man United fans see themselves as, as being from Salford and and you know Man City is associated with the East and it's like uh, football clubs are one of the few things left of of communities. You know those traditional communities that we go uh, and yeah. sometimes some, it's not always a bad thing that some of those communities no longer exist because if you're a working class person living in those terrible places, you probably wanted to get out as quickly as you could. But all over the country, for us, football clubs represent something special for for every person in, in you know and. When Berry FC went out of business, it's not just Berry FC that goes out of business. Local printers go out of business. Local cafes go out of business. The, the community, pub around the, corner the pub around the corner, yeah. And something happens to the community. Something, you know, you know I'm I'm from a, a part of South London. You can't really point out on a map. There's nothing really. There's no. There's no famous landmarks. No famous people are from. So unless you live in my part of South London, so all my identity comes from uh, from Crystal Palace football club all my 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 location my class identity all comes from being a being a palace fan i'm immensely proud of the fact that we still have the you know we're the eagles but the eagle stands on the crystal palace because we were we were we were founded by glaziers who worked on that wonderful building and uh, so clearly i have this romantic notion about football clubs and i think as well because we talk about clubs at every level uh, but it is it's frustrating. Like the Reading situation, we've seen that yeah. unfolding for, for two years. Kieran's been saying to people, "This has got to be resolved." We saw it with Southend. We saw it with Wigan. We're seeing it with Everton. I, I genuinely fear that Everton. They, they've, they're, there's so much in hock down to seven seven seven, and seven seven seven. They've lent seven seven seven. Have loaned the club so much money. And seven 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 will use that as a lever to say to the Premier League, you have to let us buy this club because if you don't, we're going to call in those loans, and they can't afford it, and they're going to go into administration because right? mm. that's the way that, that that's the way seven 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 work. And so it's, it's really much as I love doing it, it's it's so frustrating. And then when you know we're looking at clubs like Kings Lynn and clubs like Clandidno who who are, who are in desperate trouble, and it just breaks your heart because you know, I, I think that's where. That's a long-winded way of saying I think that's why we've been so popular is because we take clubs like Clandidno as seriously as we take Man United or Liverpool or, or Barcelona. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, and, and as fans, though, we need to know this stuff as well, in a way. Well, I, do you know what's that's really right. interesting? How much, how much coverage did Berry really get? 
<laughs> in, in, in mainstream press, none, nothing. That's none. Where, but, but the thing is, Howard, and, I, and I, think, I think this is partly down to us, is that football, fan, is, football fans now talk about football finances in a way that we said. When, when I was... Oh yeah. When I was going to football as a, as a youngster, even even till five six years ago, you knew who who owns your club. But it didn't really bother you. You might have moaned about the fact you weren't spending a lot of money on transfer fees, but the mm. finances of the game didn't really bother you. No. But it's only since really since doing this pod, and I think as well the the Super League, the Super League really focused a lot of football fans' attention. And I think Berry going out of business focused a lot of football fans because football fans suddenly started to think, well, that could that could happen to us. Yeah, you know, and and I, I, yeah, we were in 2010. Palace was seven minutes from liquidation, not not administration liquidation. So it's probably then that I started to become aware of the importance of the yeah. the financial aspect of the game and, and the owners. But I think football fans are, are, are aware, and football fans when football fans get together and football fans organise, they are formidable. They really are formidable, uh, and and I think I think some football clubs are sleepwalking into. The, Yes, the the new broadcasting deal. Clubs are taking right. they're, they're taking the money without giving any consideration. You know, you look at the um, you look at the average age of season ticket holders, for example, across, mm-hmm. across the Premier League. The vast majority of season ticket holders now are, are forty five plus. Right? Yeah. Younger people tend to share season tickets because they don't go to every game. The, 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 the people who go to every home and away game are twelve year old kids and sixty year old men and women. You know, younger yeah. people, younger people can't afford a season ticket for the whole season, so they'll they'll get one with their mates. So, younger people, um, if for want of a better word, consume the product in a much different way. And also, what you see, and this is, and it, I know a lot of Palace fans who who don't who they've bought a, a season ticket for Sutton United or for AFC Wimbledon or for Palace Ladies because it's a much cheaper and more pleasant experience. And I, I think I think football at the highest level. I think uh, I think the owners of every club are taking fans for granted. They're assuming that we will turn up week in, week out, come what may. They're assuming that they can they can add twenty percent to the price of our season ticket every year, and we'll keep going. And and I think they're in for a spare. And I think our pod oh, his, historically you know, they've been proven right, haven't they? They've got well, away with with that's, that, that's the problem. I mean, the Everton and the Palace fans are talking about boycotting the FA Cup third round game because. Everton fans shouldn't have to travel to Sellers Park on a Thursday. Wow. There's loads of non-league. There's, there's loads of lower league teams. They will sell out their their three thousand yeah. capacity again. Put them on telly and give them extra money. But the fact is, is the broadcasters know that for, they know that if if Man City are playing Newcastle at seven o'clock on a Saturday night, they know Man City will sell out the away end. They mm-hmm. and vice versa. They know it will be a they they, but I think I think those days are coming to an end. So uh, I'll just uh, squeeze a little rant in. City at home to Huddersfield in the FA Cup. Thought, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Saturday three pm, and it's been moved to two o'clock on the Sunday because it's on the BBC iPlayer. It, I mean, that's just. That's just I mean, I'm just it, like. It's 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 wrong. It's wrong for your. What can fans. you say about? It? I mean, it's well, also the, the, the fact is, we have a responsibility for this. Can, well, do they, they have to say yes? Do, do they, they sign they, these they, deals without uh, thinking um, about the fans? Or is it just um, like get as much money as you no, possibly can? Unfortunately, the nature of the contracts, the broadcasting contract, is they have no say in it whatsoever. So, um, wow. the Palace have actually been quite apologetic about it as well. Mm. Um, it, it, and the fact is that I, I, I know the figures. Palace and Everton will be getting eighty five thousand pound each for yeah. for that game being on ITV four. I imagine Man City because it's BBC. 
probably a little bit. We'll probably get one hundred and fifty thousand pounds for that for that game being on, which is not money that you need. But there are <laughs> there are but there are clubs that there are clubs that are lower level. There are clubs in League Two who yeah, are still in the FA Cup. Absolutely. So yeah. that that eighty five thousand quid sees them through the rest of the season, and it gives them a bit of publicity. And also, you know, I'll be going to the the FA Cup game. Of course, I will. But if 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 I wasn't a Palace fan. I wouldn't watch Palace Evan on telly. Well, exactly. But if not, it, that it, I'd but, expect you to be watching City know, Huddersfield but, on the BBC iPlayer either. So. I know, but I, I would be watching Sunderland Newcastle. But if if it was, you know, if if Tooting and Mitchum, they're not in the FA Cup. But if it's, if Tooting and Mitchum were playing Millwall, I, I'd watch that. Yeah. And, the yeah. and there are plenty of lower league clubs that are not getting any TV. Actually, just. So, Harold, I'm sorry. Premier League I, I, against Premier League side. It's like, oh, I, God. I know. I, know. Sorry, I, I, <laughs> I, I do need to go, Harold. I'm very sorry. I have, I have, um, uh, I've just looked tomorrow and realised how much I've been yeah. blaming. I apologise. Absolutely no problem. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, yeah, all the best with the keep fighting the fight. Uh, just very quickly, yeah, just the lack yeah. of bias you've shown when covering City's financials are just. On a non-city podcast, is I think it's the only one I've, I've heard. They just you know report about facts rather than use bias. So I really appreciate it. So, but again, uh, it's an interesting one. How we did um, an Everton special. When just Everton sucking you in for another ten minutes. You have, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, we, we we did an Everton special. Um, and it was about an hour and twenty minutes long. Yeah. It was just examining the whole thing and the 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 thanks we got from Everton fans. And Liverpool journalists was very rewarding for us because we wanted to reflect all sides of the situation. And it's the same with City. We want to reflect all sides of the situation in a, in a in a way that is um, as factual as possible. Even though there are parts of you that that want you know Everton, if they got a thirty point deduction, I'll be going. Well, that's one thing we're going to finish above. But you can't say that out loud. You know what I mean? Because you have to reflect the fact that. Something was wrong at Everton, but also it's not the fans' fault, and also there are also, and it's the same. It's the same at Man City. You just have to reflect the story that you're learning. And Kieran's insight, and Kieran has, for one of the moles all over the place, and and he's because he knows the city of Manchester and the city, he knows other things. So you just How want many to questions. You, do you get every week? You must get hundreds. We get where it's it's tricky because I. We're a year behind in terms of questions, unfortunately. Wow. We get we get so many, but the problem is that, that I want to. I, I'd rather do. There's enough stuff happening each week to do only topical questions. If you see what I mean, so yeah, it's like around the Everton story. We got so many stories and questions about that that you want well, to answer, but also you want to catch up with the people that. So, but the important thing is that we, like I said before, I think that's one of the reasons it works is that for all the the space we give to. Uh, Man City into Everton. We talk, yeah. You know, we had a long chat about Berwick Rangers this week yeah. because because we know that Berwick Rangers may only have a thousand season ticket holders, but to those thousand season ticket holders, Berwick Rangers is as important as Palace is to me, as City is to you, yeah. as as Man United is to all their fans anywhere in the world. So, yeah. as far as we're concerned, every club is of equal importance, and every club, no football well, club should be in. And it, we're the fifth richest economy in the world. No football club, yeah, it should be under. And I and People say to me sometimes, "Well, why do you make a distinction between, say, uh, you know, any other industry, you know, say, a catering company, whatever it is, or another local employer? Why is it different?" And it's like it just is. 
The football club just is different to other clubs and no community should lose its club because some wrong and like Steve Dale comes along and decides he's mm. going to run it into the ground or some idiot like Di Yong comes along and decides he's going to just <laughs> fuck it up for one of the better words. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you know, sorry about that. Yeah. It's not, it's not that, it's not. And so I, sh I wish I could end by wishing you good luck tomorrow, but you don't need it. <laughs> no, well, I wish you good luck after the game, as I do. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, break, just breaking news today with Everton and not playing next season at their new ground, so it'll be 24 25. So, oh, I will really you know, okay. uh, 25. Sorry, 26. Year are we in? 24, no, it'll yeah, be 25 26. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you'll cover that. Uh, that's my suggestion for a topic anyway. What will it cost we, you financially to have an extra year away? So. Well, we will. You're a year behind on questions, so maybe you get oh, to yeah. that question by the yeah, time yeah, they move into yeah, it. So, uh, well, just so, yeah, I know you've yeah. got to get away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've, you've, you've got a book out, Unfit and Improper Persons, which hopefully will be in my uh, stocking next week. So Yeah, it's a, it's a book It's a book based on the pod. Um, when, yeah. when I did my first book, which is uh, 92, it's called Who Are You? It's 92. It's, it's basically an alternative history of every football club and why you, yeah. shouldn't, why you shouldn't support any of them essentially, except Palace. I was expecting it to be called 91 clubs in Malaysia, but the Bloomsbury said you've got to include Palace in it as well. But <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I'm such an idiot financially and business-wise. I didn't know I'd signed a two-book deal. So <laughs> Bloomsbury said to us, why don't you do a book based on the pod? So in, in the book, it, it's it's an idiot's guide to, to owning a football club. We, we, yeah. we invent a Sunday league team and we take it all the way through to European football and, and sort of investigate the finances of the game at every level throughout so it's 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 full of kieran's um knowledge and me making stuff up basically so it's a it's Perfect a good match as as ever, so. yeah Oh, thank you. Well, I appreciate Look, it. It's the weekend. You really got to go now. I could talk for another hour. I hope we can okay. catch up again sometime. But I really yeah. appreciate it, Erin. Thank you very much. And uh, you're, you're welcome. I'll, I'll come back anytime you want me to, mate. So brilliant. I look forward to it. All right, All right. Take, take care. Bye, Howard. Bye now. Bye.